great life has gone out in the universe. Worlds annihilated. Lanterns, we face an unprecedented danger. An enemy powerful enough to destroy entire civilizations. To fight this enemy, the ring chose a human. But I don't need to tell you your duty. from a dying purple alien. So, this is the chosen human. The ring turns thought into reality. Its limits are only what you can imagine. The sword of human. Remember, your enemy is not gonna play fair. Is that what I think it is? An alien life form, Doctor. The first that mankind has ever encountered. Son, we're gonna get you well again. I've never felt better in my life. They said they wouldn't have chosen me. They didn't see something I don't see yet. I see it. You had the ability to overcome fear. Stay here. No problem. If you die, innocent lives will be lost. Your world will be annihilated. Help me save my planet. Fight it. Fight it with me. Brightest day. Blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light! Welcome to They Call This Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast and iTunes on the podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damien Network, and to find more from us, check out the website, themaindamien.com, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TheMainDamien. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Do you think the movie studio had a, uh, a partnership with the bronzer for this movie? <laughs> maybe <laughs> or was that just the style at the time yeah everyone's very tan in this so i couldn't yeah. be in this movie none of us could be no. yeah only the villain wasn't tan i think it was a choice yeah it was like <laughs> look at this pasty piece of shit <laughs> it was the least talented scars guard <laughs> i don't know if that's true i, I it mean just felt like that yeah i mean they that's they both they both spell and pronounce their names differently <laughs> Which one was this? So this is Peter. Oh, Peter Sarsgaard. Sarsgaard, not Scarsgaard. Oh. Yes, this is. What's the What's the difference, really? Uh, I mean, a lot. In everything, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like Peter Sarsgaard, but not in this movie. He was yeah. awful. I mean, 
didn't have much to work yeah with. i mean lo- it, 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 when you take the average of everything in this movie he wasn't at he wasn't terrible he wasn't what brought this movie down but he's still pretty bad I wanted him to die so so badly though <laughs> like very quickly <laughs> mainly because of his screaming okay yeah he he screamed way too much <laughs> before we get too far into this movie gentlemen what'd you watch this week i watched nothing pretty good yeah uh, well i'll take it um <laughs> I technically watched something. I won't get deep into it because I, it's a whole different brand of entertainment. But I did go to a movie theater, so it kind of counts, to watch um, the uh, pay-per-view for All Elite Wrestling on Sunday because it cost $25 to do that instead of 50 to see it at home. So I, it was a wise decision. I got a good seat. My seat was all the way in the back, right on the stairwell, so nobody could stand in front of me. And I had a clear path to go to the bathroom if needed. Sure. So, Wait, are people crowded? People are standing, standing while watching. No, no, no. In case that they did, you were you were, yeah. you were expecting yeah. that. You were expecting people to stand up in yeah. their seats. Yeah. I guess it is the unwashed masses of wrestling fans, so anything is possible. I I have been around my people enough to <laughs> to expect that. It was fun. I did sit next to the two least interested people in the movie theater. It was two guys, and they were just sort of sitting there, arms crossed. So I don't know what was going on. Oh, man. But the rest of the theater was great. There was this group in front of us that I am 100% sure was high the entire time because they were enjoying every single little thing about wrestling. Nice. So the two best moments that I will mention is, one, they didn't have anyone in the projector seat to uh, put the parental controls off so that the pay-per-view would play. So we missed the first three minutes of it. Because they had to go run and get somebody up there. Almost near the end, about three, three and a half hours in, it popped up to update the uh, DirecTV box. So so they called and get somebody to come in. Luckily, it was during a match no one cared about. But it said update now or update later. (laughs) And I'm assuming the young person they sent up there was flustered. And instead of clicking update now, uh, update later, he clicked update now. (laughs) Which meant the thing shut off for like two minutes to three minutes. Damn, amateur hour. Sounds yeah, like a nightmare, so, to be honest. Yeah, so wrestling fans chanting at him. <laughs> the high guys in front of me were having a good time with it. <laughs> chanting, you fucked up, turned around and pointing at the guy in the projector seat. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, count, count me out. Yeah, no way was, I want to be a part of that. They weren't doing it angrily. It was They were laughing the entire time doing it. There were probably some other nerds that were angry about it, but these guys were having a great time. Gotcha. Um, and then a guy in like the fifth row turned up his phone to show everybody an illegal stream of it. <laughs> watch it while it was off damn just sounds um, like there are no rules in this whole situation no not at all <laughs> not at all and then then the uh countdown to like loading up the thing you know the the, the guys in front of me started counting all the way up to 100 <laughs> percent each number nice and it made me laugh i don't know if anybody else was laughing i'm like they're but anyway, so it was fun. It was I had the experience before I've said in podcasts, me and Aunt and a couple of friends one time went and watched the WrestleMania at a bar. This is about on the same level. The only thing that doesn't make it better is that um there was no alcohol. Gotcha. So, you know, mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't indulge in alcohol there. But being around the crowd watching it instead of sitting alone in your room watching it was worth the twenty five dollars. Um, I don't know if they'll do it for everyone going forward but um yeah it was a good time it was it was the first time i've been in a full movie theater gotcha in a while so gotcha yeah so just real quick is yeah is aew the wrestling we should be watching or is it still wwe yes uh aew is probably if you like wrestling and not the the stuff that wwe has always done in terms of you know just being about big giant guys beat on each other sure 
rather than actually have any kind of storyline. Okay. Anything else? But yeah, it was fun. Gotcha. Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, outside of this piece of shit that we watched today, but okay. wow, blasphemy. <laughs> As for me, I watched a bunch of stuff. I, I uh, you know, held down the fort for you guys. So I watched. I'm gonna get one out of the way. I watched Vacation Friends. Speaking of wrestling, starring John oh, Cena and Little Rel Howery, I think is his name. Uh, it was fine. It's like a six. Not done really more to report on that one. It's fine. Yeah, I, I I was waiting for for a little bit more, but I don't. I guess this movie doesn't warrant. Yeah, no. That. I mean, if you if you're home on a Friday or Saturday and you got nothing else to watch, this will distract you from your I don't know any existential thoughts that you might be having for an hour and a half. So doesn't suck. Yeah, kind of nervous now. John Cena gonna get like too big, and he's gonna and like the, there'll be too many flaws. I will show. You know what I mean? Like he was good in the Suicide Squad. Like all right, well now he's gonna get his own spinoff show, and more, more and more movies are gonna come. I feel like he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be stretched too thin, and then it might be an issue. You think he's gonna turn into the Rock and just play the Rock in every like, just play John sort Cena of. in every movie? Yes, and then it it also ties into the the main star of the movie we watched sure it's only you're only getting that person you're not getting anything else yeah yeah because i i had a discussion with somebody that was like i can't see the rock of today doing be cool again sure yeah i i remember us talking about that and i i think oh it was you guys <laughs> yeah I th- <laughs> you only talk to us mark we only talk to each other damn we, it we stop exposing friends. the lie that i have other friends dan <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling on all of us, but uh, I, I think, right, I, these guys are done taking risks, I guess, is the right way to say it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is right in his wheelhouse. I think I think Cena does a good job at picking the right roles that kind of plays to his strengths. He's fine in this. I, I didn't hate him. I don't, I, I know people are hot and cold with John Cena, especially depending if you're a wrestling fan. He's fine. He was fine in this. It's a like it says, pretty simple, easy hour and 40 or whatever it was. It's mindless. It'll take your mind off of it, uh, whatever you're dealing with at the moment. And you'll get maybe a chuckle or two out of it. Doesn't suck. Besides that, I went on a huge horror binge because I went to Spirit of Halloween. And I guess I got the Spirit of Halloween, if you know what I mean. Which is, I mean, what I thought I, you caught the Jones. Yeah. What I mean is literally what I just said. There's no uh, double entendre. But I went on Prime to start off and I watched Black Pumpkin, which is one of those anonymous R movies that you can find on Amazon Prime. And it's fine. It's a five ish. Like, there's so many really terrible horror movies that you can find on Prime that take pre- take place predominantly in the woods. This one does not take place in the woods, takes place in people's houses. So that's an uptick right there. It feels like because, you know, when you're low budget, you really can't take many risks when it comes to things like lighting. It is lit like sitcom. So it feels like you're watching a horror version episode of the Goldbergs or something where it's just like everything's super flat and it just exists but it's not bad it's it it feels a little bit like trick-or-treat at times obviously not no anywhere as good it's probably mix that with like a high school movie 
and that's basically what this movie is. It plays, you know, it harkens back a lot to like Halloween. It's got some nods to that and all that kind of stuff. It's it's not terrible. If you're looking for something you've never seen before and you just want to try something new, you know, it takes place on Halloween. So that's always an extra point too to get you in the Halloween spirit. I watched that. And then I watched a whole bunch of rewatches after that. I watched Hellraiser, which uh, I've watched pretty regularly. Scream, which I probably haven't watched in about 20 years. Watched The Evil Dead, and then I watched It 2017. All pretty much hold up. Scream really held up a lot better than I thought. Although there are some like procedural stuff that I question about fingerprints getting on everything. But what can you do? Dewey is the one running the investigation. So. I can't think of a movie that I saw the first time, absolutely loved it. Then on subsequent viewings, was so bored by it other than it 2017 really i don't know why yeah i when i saw that in the theaters i was blown away i loved it like, this is my one of my favorite movies of the year and then jen bought it for me my birthday for christmas i think she bought it for me for christmas on dvd and we watched it and i was bored to tears man like i i thought this moved so much faster but yeah, it, it it felt like time had slowed down on the next viewing hmm, interesting it was interesting yeah i i still enjoy yeah, it I, I don't get it i enjoy it i don't i'm not a fan of it chapter two but it yeah. similarly the book the childhood aspects of the book are a hundred times better than the the adulthood aspects of the book so it kind of you know is in line with that but yeah i enjoyed myself i kind of had it on the background at that point of the night but yeah uh good horror watching this week especially i was glad to rewatch scream because i haven't screened scream in probably 20 years like i said that was a good rewatch. I liked your tweet about the Hellraiser, uh, Julia, really going through, like bending over backwards just so she could bang this one guy again. Yeah, like she, there's nothing that she wants to do less than fuck her own husband to the point where she will kill countless people so she could resurrect his brother so she could fuck him again. He must have been a good leg, yeah. but geez, it, it's really... Really far fetched for a movie that has to deal with a whole other dimension and a, a, a crazy box. I don't. I didn't like her. She was her character motivation was really thin. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, no dick is that good, right? I mean, I doubt it. I don't know from experience, but I'm assuming the answer is yes. Especially when you see that the, the dick that is attached to the person reanimated from nothing right she's seen what's inside the casing like she's seen the sausage without its case and (laughs) how how can you be like i still want to put that in my mouth now yeah yeah you can't (laughs) i mean everything everything after that is just ruined for you i feel right Right. because now you can't unsee every person that way Mm. that's how we're made this is terrifying yeah but Ju- Julia just she was enamored with that uh with that dick. It was a bad boy. Yeah. And the leather jacket on. <laughs> That's how you know. Yeah. There's some weird aspects to that movie. Like a lot of the uh, like the a lot of the dialogue is like 80 yard. It was uh, uh the come to daddy part. Yeah. Yeah, come to daddy. Like, oh man, that's cringy. Very cringy. Mm-hmm. I guess it does the job. Yeah. I think I think that movie still holds up. It's pretty good. I think I, it's, I think it's underrated in terms of the the 80s horror movies. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think you're right with that. I, again, I love the the practical effects of that movie. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. I'm a sucker for those. 
And I'm pretty sure that's all I watched. I felt like I watched a lot more, but I did watch quite a bit this week. And so we're going to take a quick break and listen to some ads while we pay those bills. And we'll be back in a second. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this, this week's movie. This week, Dan Pick. So Dan, why don't you tell us what you did to us this week? All right. So this one was just out of pure spite. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes we like to pick movies that we think we'll like or sound interesting. But no, man, I went back to the roots. I wanted to torture my friends. So uh, the, the movie I picked this week was the perfect movie to torture you guys with. 2011 slog fest that is Green Lantern starring Ryan Reynolds. Yes, you did. You picked that movie. <laughs> Gentlemen, where are you coming from with Green, Green Lantern? Dan. Uh, okay, so I, I saw this in the theaters. And I feel like all of us, whenever we go to a movie... Most of the time we leave somewhat satisfied, right? Yeah, there's always very rarely there's always that like afterglow period of after you get out of a movie. We're like, oh, yeah, that that wasn't bad. And then like eventually you'll just be like, you know what? I didn't really like that movie. Yeah, yeah. You you you, you sleep on it. For for example, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. When I, I first saw that, I thought, oh, you know, that wasn't too bad. I, I didn't mind it. I, I kind of liked it. Then the next day I woke up and was like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> Man, that that was bad. This movie, halfway through it, I knew this was bad. <laughs> and the only other time I felt that way was watching The Turning. Okay, yeah. And I, I literally almost walked out of that movie. But this one, I, I, I stayed with the whole way. But as I'm watching, it's like, man, awful. And I thought this was going to ruin some careers. That's how bad it, it was. Uh, but, you know, no, it, uh, you know, as we all know, Ryan Reynolds got another shot and redemption. And good for him, obviously. You know, I, I enjoyed Deadpool. I thought that was cool. Now, again, I, as we mentioned earlier, Ryan Reynolds, you're just getting Ryan Reynolds. You're yeah. not getting, you're not going to get the uh, dramatic Ryan Reynolds. I thought this movie was terrible when I first saw it. It's terrible on second viewing. It's never going to be good <laughs> for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. But you, Mark. Um, so this is actually the first time I've seen it. My only uh, touchstone with this was uh, our friend leaving a birthday party early to go watch it uh, with his wife one time. So that that's really my only connection to this outside of the whole knowing Ryan Reynolds in it and him having the Chris Evans like comeback in the MCU. I think I would have hated this movie more if Blake Lively uh, was not in it. It's one of those things where I could at least look forward to the next time she was on screen in this movie and been able and got through it. But yeah, as I mentioned earlier, the one thing I really noticed was, and I don't know if it was the the Netflix connection on my thing, but everybody just looked really badly bronze, like really bad bronzer or spray tan or something. It just seems so off uh, for, it was very noticeable to me, especially Ryan Reynolds, who is not normally that tan in movies I've seen him in. But I can't believe some of these people actually got out to do more movies after. And then I also wonder how much they paid Tim Robbins for this. Oh, he was, I can't stand Tim Robbins to begin yeah. with. And and having him here just with that smug look on his face. Like, oh, God. Like, he was perfect for that role of a senator. Yeah. It's just so, so smarmy. I hated him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was perfect. But, you know, everything about it, I couldn't really, they, they were trying to, Dan, you would, it probably would have captured you a little bit better than I, because I never really read any Green Lantern comics or knew much of the backstory. 
that was that was about it. But yeah, it was just it was boring. the The end fight came out of nowhere and ended way too quickly. And it had one of those moments where it was like something happened middle of the movie, and I was like, oh, that's gonna be that's gonna have significance. That's pretty stupid to put in this training sequence, not to have significance later. Um, then that's how they end up killing the big bad. And then it has a really useless mid credit sequence where it shows the one thing I knew about the Lanterns, that one of them turned evil. Just happens out of nowhere, you know, in the mid credit sequence. Mm-hmm. He's still he's still good when the movie ends, and he just all of a sudden turns bad. Right. <clears throat> yeah, but as hope, as his name didn't give it away, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's the most... It's the most blatant. His his name should have just been Evil yeah. McEvilson. <laughs> yeah. As for me, this is also the first time I've watched this movie. <sighs> I'm surprised you haven't seen this before. No, and I know I don't regret it. I mm, it's boring <laughs> as fuck, man. It really yeah, is. Yeah. Um, this is like our third DC movie we've done, right? Uh, Justice League, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, Green Lantern. Yeah. yeah. I think this movie is one of the things where it's probably comic accurate and the comics are stupid in live action. Like, yeah, it's stupid to see his powers not in some sort of comic or cartoon form. To see him create a catapult or a racetrack and the helicopter is rolling around this racetrack that he's created it's kind of stupid very stupid (laughs) it's a stupid power to have in its execution in this movie at least um where he he has to have these really uh, what's the word complicated ways of solving a problem like he creates a giant machine gun to shoot at parallax because he doesn't have any powers that could directly affect him, right? Right. It's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know I don't know how to solve the stupidity of it to be honest with you. Cuz the final one is he just punches him in the face with a giant green fist. And that seems like it's the most <laughs> obvious and the most direct way of using your powers. But it's also stupid too. I think the issue is the, the ring in the comics and in this movie, it can take the form of anything that the the wearer can think of. Anything. And it's it's only limited by your imagination. Hal Jordan's imagination is shit. Because <laughs> he can't think of anything better than a, a gun, a sword, uh, a wall, a brick wall. A brick wall! Come on! Two fighter think, jets. Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, we get it. You're You're a pilot. It all ties in. Yeah. Uh, in in the comics, Al Jordan is the he's very steadfast. He's he's very stern. Uh, there are way better Green Lanterns in the comics. Uh, Guy Gardner, John Stewart, Al Rayner. Uh, Al Jordan is just like like he's very vanilla. So in that aspect, he's very Ryan Reynolds. He's very Ryan Reynolds. Yes. <laughs> very. Uh, uh, what, what's the word? He's very he's very safe and sure. It, yeah, yeah. It, this movie, you know, it's 2011. Graphics look terrible. They look like they're out yeah. of a PS2 game. I'll get, I'll be generous. PS3. It looks like it's out of a PS3 game. Weird, weird cuts between in this movie. Yeah. Like Ryan, it'll be like Hal Jordan staring in the distance, and it'll cut to the Green Lanterns doing something, and then back to Hal 
doing nothing. And then it'll cut between Hal and uh, what uh, Sarsgaard. Hector, yeah. Uh, Hector. It'll cut to him screaming in pain. Like It's very disjointed. Yeah. There's one specific scene where he's trying to learn about the lantern and the ring, and it's intercut between him and Hector doing the autopsy. Yes. And it's like, you're undercutting both scenes right here. It's like you're, yeah. Both scenes don't play well because you're cutting in between one, one and the other. And I know because they're supposed to be linked because... At that exact moment, Hector also gets the power from the the yellow power, the fear power. And I guess they're making that connection. But those scenes could play one and then the other and still and work better than they do I in agree. this. Because like Ryan Reynolds is doing his Ryan Reynolds thing where he's making jokes left and right. And then Hector is cutting into supposedly the strongest warrior that the Lanterns have seen ever, basically. Yeah. It's like, oh, good. Yeah, really giving this guy the uh, the funeral he deserves. <laughs> the proper send-off. Yeah, by Ryan Reynolds yelling out by the power of Grayskull. <laughs> ah, yeah, it, the two the two things that I got out of this was, I can't believe this is the movie that introduced Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, good for them. They're a good couple. Like, talk about finding love in a hopeless place. <laughs> so what Rihanna was like, talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, she she left the AMC after seeing this. Like, wow, I can't believe. <laughs> and uh, that, and uh, again, it, it's not a they call this a movie episode if I don't mention the Snyder Cut. Uh, <laughs> there were people out there who wanted Ryan Reynolds back as Green Lantern. Yeah. Do you believe this? <laughs> they, the man himself hates this movie. Yeah. They they keep they were they were sure it was happening. Because of the the green light in Je- Jeffrey uh, Jeremy Irons' glasses, and was that that was Justice League, right? Yeah, I, was that the Hallelujah? Oh, uh, I don't remember. But the trailer. They're like, oh, see the green light in Jeremy Irons' glasses, not knowing that any light that they use, because they put uh, glare protection on glasses that they shoot films, comes out green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I literally saw it in it chapter in it 2017 on uh, Finn Wolfhard's glasses. I was like, "Oh my god, Green Lantern's going to show up!" It's the, it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Green Lantern's got to show up and save the day because that would be a good movie. I'd watch Green Lantern versus it, right? Because that's two. That's that's the polar opposites, right? Because it because it could create anything that you imagine in a bad way. And Hal Jordan. Yeah, and it's based off of fear. And Hal Jordan comes in and he can create anything that he wants out of the power of will. Power. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> versus the Green Lanterns. Let's write it. There should, we go. That should be a thing because it it in canon it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right? Fear versus willpower. That I mean that's what parallax is. And so so I had the question and, and Mark, you were 100% on on the nose with this. Sinestro, other than having the name Sin, his name, obviously he's going to be bad if you don't know, read the comics. But at the end, he, he's celebrating with the rest of the core. And then he's like, oh, you know, now I'm now I'm bad. And it was so cute that they thought there was going to be a sequel. <laughs> uh, this is this is the classic time when Mark Strong when this is in everything, too. I like Mark Strong. He's a good actor. Yeah, I don't. I don't dislike him, but they were—he was just like the go-to evil guy that they could probably get for pretty cheap. They and they got him again in uh, Shazam. Shazam. Played him. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
played another really bad villain. Kick ass. He was in. That's right. Yeah, he's the the what's his just from Min Plasse's father, right? Yeah. yeah. And he was Doctor Sivana Sivana. And Shazam. Yeah. It's uh the the thing that it didn't make sense to me and. And it, they do it in the comic book, but it still doesn't make sense. Make the yellow ring for fear. You're like, all right, we're going to go fight a living entity of fear. Fear? How does that make sense? Yeah. Fear is not going to fear fear. Well, you have nothing to fear but fear itself. I can't believe they didn't use that line in this movie. <laughs> right. Like, I would think it's, that the ring of fear would just, like, fuel it, right? Yes. Like, you don't you don't attack Electro with electricity. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And that that was the whole point. Like, yeah, he is the reason that those rings exist. He would fuel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Mark, going back to your point, and Reynolds or Hal is uh, addressing the the uh, the guardians. He says, you know, on Earth we have a saying. It's the perfect time to say the only thing to fear is fear itself. Yeah. No, we're only human. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> we're only human. Oh. So that's like child's play. We're only human. <laughs> did a did a five year old write the script? Yeah. Is there a a love ring like the power of love? Yes. Wield by Huey is. Lewis. It is. Yes. It's the power of, and he is the the battery <laughs> <laughs> that the ring needs to be recharged by. You need to go to Huey Lewis <laughs> Huey, Huey Lewis's house. That'd be great. And, uh, just like tap him. Is is that like you just knock on the door and he opens it, sees the red ring, and goes. Oh, come on. Is it a red ring? It's, no, uh, red ring is rage. Oh. And, and okay. funny enough, shit you not, I am wearing that shirt right now. Yeah. The, uh, the red lantern shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking dork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what color is love? Uh, I, I don't, I actually don't think it's love. I think it's passion. Wait, that, and that's the thing I that? just said. What color is love? I feel like we watched a movie where someone said something so stupid, like, what color was love? I was going to say, think um, like pink, but I, I thought uh, purple. Uh, I'm, I, I was trying to go, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head the different colors of the spectrum. So you have green, yellow, red, orange, blue, lavender, black, I believe. Black is death. I, I think lavender is passion, violet is love. Yeah. Violet, okay. Yeah, indigo. And it's yeah, all so female. kind of right. Uh, is there seven or nine? Nine. nine. Okay. And white is one of them. White like contains all of the rings. And the question of what color is love did come up when we watched the happening because that stupid fucking <laughs> mood ring. Oh, the mood ring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think it was purple in that one too. Is Mark Wahlberg lantern? Is he a lantern? Or maybe he knows <laughs> that Huey Lewis is a lantern. That'd be, yeah. I would love for that to be true. <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, well, if he was a lantern, he would have been able to stop 9 11, right? Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Mark, <laughs> yeah. He just couldn't, I guess, put himself out there or else his uh, identity yeah. would be all, for all the world to see. I, it's one thing in this movie that I did like. I mean, she had a stupid explanation for it, but how ridiculous it is that that little mask is the only thing that covers his identity. Yeah. yeah. You know. It's it's great that like, I've seen you naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think it's, it's cool because... There's definitely, you know, obviously they're married now. You could definitely tell the chemistry was there right away. Uh, I thought they did fine together. They worked very well off each other. Uh, it was kind of just your your average love, like superhero love story. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And he, and as much as I don't like Ryan Reynolds, I just, uh, he's not as Ryan Reynolds E in this as I was expecting. Like he's not insufferable. They're, the first act he is a little bit, but moving it like from the time he gets the ring on, there's very much less of it. He's not Deadpool, which I was expecting to just be like, oh, well, he's basically just playing Deadpool before he was Deadpool. So I was kind of happy to see that. That he wasn't just like this smarmy, quick-witted, smart-alecky dude that he always is. I didn't hate that. I watched this whole movie one time and without realizing that that was Taika Waititi. It is. I I didn't realize that at first when I first saw it because obviously he hadn't really come onto the scene yet. Yeah. I I had known it was him. I, well, I I thought it was him and then looked it up to confirm it, but I just didn't want to say his name on the podcast because... I was definitely going to screw it up. <laughs> I always think I know the name in my head. I know it. Then when I say it out loud, I turn into, you know, that regular American white dude who just can't pronounce foreign names for some reason. <laughs> like in my head, I know it's Taika Waititi, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Most of them like Taika Waititi. Like, oh, terrible. I'm surprised this movie didn't just like tank DC in general. Yeah. One could have only hoped, right? Right. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's boring. I think that's its main problem. It's just boring. And a friend of mine at work, I mentioned we were covering this, and he said this movie would have been great as a uh, a series. Okay. Like yeah, an HBO. I think they are making an HBO Max series. But it lends itself to a series because they're an intergalactic police corps. So right. You can't, You don't want to just see them on Earth. You could see them all over the galaxy, and there's so many interesting Green Lanterns out there. Like there, there's a Green Lantern that is a literal planet. It's, it's, it's. In, it, you know how um, in Guardians of the Galaxy, there Ego, the Living Planet. Yeah. Green Lanterns have that. It's a planet. Uh, there's just a lot of cool things that could be done with it, and to try to contain it in a sub two hour movie, mm-hmm. and and not have it be exciting, especially where again. Your main character makes a, a a ramp, a toy ramp or helicopter. It's like, yeah, that's not really exciting. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I, I, don't, uh, I don't get it. I, I put this movie, as you said, surprised it didn't sink DC. I put this on the same level as why Fantastic Four did not sink Marvel mm. in that it didn't get the point of those characters and that story. And it wasn't the same as the what the MCU became. But it was pretty close to being like, all right, we're done with these superhero movies. Just give me Spider-Man. That's all I need, you know. But yeah, it was just, I wish, I, 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 don't, I just wish it was spent a little more time instead of it being a lot of exposition on what the Lanterns were and all that. I don't know. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a series is best for that, you know, because they did it all real fast. And, and then the way he knew the oath, like, just because it's, the power started coming through the ring. Like, that was a cheap way out of not someone have to explain that to him. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know. There was a lot of, like you said, Ant, um, it might have been very close to the comic, and that might be its downfall. Because there were a lot of things that happened that would expect you to know the story in the comic. Yeah, I just think it's a... The, the world building just isn't there. And yeah. I don't want there to be more world building, to be honest with you, because this movie's boring already. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do to to say. Hey, this would have made this better because I just, just it was like watching paint dry. It's really paint by numbers, yeah, yeah. but I don't need more 
I don't need more exposition. I don't need 15 minutes more where you tell me more about the Green Lanterns. I just think I it's it's a difficult concept to get in one movie. It's it's funny where a lot of the times, obviously, the, the fight between fanboys, a lot of people, a lot of the same criticism you'll see about Marvel is, oh, you know, it's a formulaic origin story. But usually those origin stories are very good at juggling the character building, the world building, and uh, like a, a solid third act. Uh, with this movie, you don't really learn much about Hal. You know his dad died, but you don't know how close he was with his dad. You know that he and Blake Lively's character, Carol, were in a relationship. You don't really know how that relationship was. You know, well, and then they introduced that Hector loved Blake Lively's character just through, like, a, a quick glimpse of a newspaper that he has. So nothing is built. There's no character building here. Mm-mm. You know that the Green Lantern Corps has been around forever, but you don't really know don't know how powerful they are you don't see them really doing anything you see them get their asses kicked a bunch of times that's about it you so you, you're not really building anything you're just giving us a lot of information at once and yeah. we we don't have time to really breathe and put it all together yep so green lantern from 2011 directed by martin campbell director of goldeneye vertical limit mask of zorro casino royale and edge of darkness stars ryan reynolds blake Ladley, peter sarsgaard mark strong tim robbins j.o sanders taika waititi and angela bassett imdb score 5.5 rotten tomato score 26 percent budget 200 million dollars box office universally or globally 219 million so probably made its money back i guess maybe that's the reason why i didn't tank dc you guys want to get into the plot yeah all right let's do it uh dan what do you got for us this week all right just gonna give a shout out to our good friends tia and Brittany. tell you guys out there go check out their podcast the top 10 with tia weekly podcast tia and Brittany. Breakdown top 10 lists. I've been on one of their shows. I'm planning on going back again very soon. They're awesome. You can download their podcast. Go over to Geek Vibes Nation. search for the top 10 lists with Tia. It'll pop right up uh, and enjoy. Okay, great. And we are going to be taking a quick break. And you guys are going to listen to some messages from Friends of the Podcast. And we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribed to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into the plot for green lantern 
We open with some voiceover where thousands of years ago, immortals used the emerald of willpower and built the planet Oa to watch over the universe. All the sectors of the universe, 3,600 to be exact, has a keeper of a ring that has the emerald of willpower meant to act as guardians, Green Lantern Corps. Corp met an entity. Yeah. You know, got, no, I was going to say, yep, cool. Awesome. Yeah. It's, I had to rewind this like three or four times to get the details of it because it went by so fast. And who cares? But really, the Corp meant met an entity known as the Parallax. Abin Sur imprisoned Parallax on the lost planet of Riot. Then Abin Sur... No, Parallax is awoken by some Green Lantern. So there's like, so much stupid words and names that I picked up the whole time. You sound like my dad trying to put this together. <laughs> and then, yeah, like the, the Green Lantern things, uh, they, they fought an alien, some kind of, I don't know, some kind of stupid planet. <laughs> well, part of me feels like we should get drunk Ant to try and explain the plot of Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Parallax is awoken by some Green Lanterns and he pulls their souls out of their bodies and then escapes his imprisonment. And he goes shooting around the galaxy like a disembodied head. And then we meet other Green Lanterns. Sinestro. Hey, that's not a suspicious name. And he tells Abin Sur that some other lanterns have been destroyed. And that he has to go talk to the Guardians. Then, after Sinestro leaves, Parallax shows up and starts attacking Abin Sur. Why can't his name just be like Pete or something? Right? That's not alien enough. <laughs> Well, they could put a the they could put a word uh, like a like a weird spelling on it, like Pete with P E T. So Abin Sir is gravely wounded by Parallax, but he gets away and heads to the closest inhabited planet, and then leaves a message that it was Parallax all along. Then we cut to Earth as Hal Jordan wakes up late for work. But as long as we know that he fucks, it's fine. And that is, I think that's contractually written into every Ryan Reynolds movie. Right. Where the first time you see him, it's got to be after he fucks. Yeah. The, the, the theater needs to know that I fuck. Yeah. If they don't, if they don't see me banging at first, how do they know that I'm super sexy? <laughs> it's called building pathos, you assholes. You got to show me fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they always tell me show, not tell. You'll be hearing from my lawyer. <laughs> how are people supposed to care about me if they don't know how good I am in the sack? I don't want some dicked hero. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> Give it to Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I never... It adds nothing to this. Why not just show that he's late? <laughs> oh, shit, I, I slept in. I'm a slacker. Yeah. Well, I think they just needed to take a page from Iron Man. That's a good point. But he's not a billionaire. No. And we never see that girl again. She doesn't even get a name. This movie does not pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, as Anthony mentioned at the beginning, how this is peak Ryan Reynolds, right? He goes, oh, you know, all right, you check off the box. He slept with a random one. Check. He makes a, 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 a quip about it. Oh, uh, make yourself at home. There's water in the tap. A joke check off that box and you you see him without his shirt on yep there's that so you get all three things right you see he's sexy he bang and he's funny yep it's attractive his dick works hilarious yep. the three things that we need 
yeah, we're we're good to go. Movie can start. <laughs> I mean, that is that is a a pretty succinct way of characterizing Hal, rather than just having a voiceover as in the first five minutes of this movie. So it learned its lesson. <laughs> I it would have been great to have Jeffrey Rush <laughs> the voiceover about how there was a Green Lantern. All he did was fuck <laughs> and make jokes. Slaying pussy. <laughs> he he patrolled the sector for pussy. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, I think he'd be okay with that. I think Ryan Reynolds would be like, yeah, I like this movie. Sign me up. Yeah. It sounds more like a DiCaprio movie. Right. How old are these people, by the way? Twenty-one. Yeah, right. that would be a that would be a prerequisite for DiCaprio. Yeah, he'd be like, I thought you almost said twenty-six there for a second. <laughs> Got real close. Got real dangerously close there. <laughs> he jumps into his charger and heads off to work, recklessly driving in the process. And he shows up at work, and he immediately gets chewed out by Carol Ferris, played by Blake Lively. They're both fighter pilots, and they're supposed to be showcasing experimental drones to the governor or senator or something, whatever Tim Robbins is is in this. The company is Carol's dad's company. He's Daddy Ferris. The Whoever the governor or the senator is Tim Robbins. And the tech in charge... I think he's a senator, yeah. yeah. And the tech in tar- charge of the drones is Taika Waititi, whom I didn't recognize the first time I watched this. And then they hop into their fighter jets and there's a tug fight scene and the drone fighters are pretty unshakable. So we get a long scene of them trying to shake them. But I said they're unshakable, so it's not going to happen. But Hal uses Carol as a decoy and she gets shot down because that's kind of an asshole thing to do. Then he purposefully goes higher than he's supposed to in order to stall out the drone planes and also stalls his plane. But then he's able to shoot down the drones because of it. As he starts free fall, Hal starts to freeze up. He starts thinking back to the day his dad blew up at an air show. So eventually Hal has to eject and crashes his own plane. Then... What a terrible origin story, by the way. <laughs> I watched my dad die at a, a plane show. <laughs> Dude, you're lame. Well, 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 you laugh, but that is also the Dominic Toretto origin story as well. No. It's not. His dad dies in a car crash at a, at a, at a racetrack. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> stupid. You made me hate those movies even more. And and this I movie. I knew it was too. possible. And this movie too. It's such a it's just silly. Proxy. It is this whole movie is pretty the like the whole scene where he watches his dad blow yeah. up is just kind of hilarious. Hey, no dad. He he does the mean Joe Green. Keep it warm for me. <laughs> oh, hey <boy>. kid. <laughs> And then, like, it's like insult to injury because he crashes, but then he survives the crash only to just <laughs> blow up. <laughs> oh, thank God, I'm okay. Boom. I, I, it would have been great if he, he survives the crash, survives the plane blowing up, then he dies just, like, on the way to the hospital or something like that. <laughs> the that, ambulance that moment crashes. More, that moment's even more tragic for the kid. <laughs> yeah. He sees a crash and he's running to go like hug him because it looks like he survived and then he blows up in front of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Man, fate like really just like gave him the shaft there. <laughs> he fooled you. Yeah, you just get like he walks away from the plane and then it just like gets hit by the ejection seat, falls <laughs> on him. <laughs> Oh man, it, uh, Jen made a good point. Like, who would let him run out onto the fucking airfield? <laughs> a little, a little kid in an active explosion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stupid. Ferris Tech loses the government contract, and Hal gets grounded pending an investigation. 
when everybody else storms out, Carol's left alone with Hal and they argue. She's jockeying for an admin role with the company and he thinks she's too good a pilot to sit behind a desk. And we also find out that they've had... they be able to fly, man. They have a history as well. Yeah. Abin Sir then crash lands on Earth and sends the Emerald to find his replacement. And then Hal goes to the birthday party of his nephew. He argues with his brother about being careless and wanting to end up like their dad. And then he talks to the nephew who was scared that Hal was going to die. But he reassures him that the only thing he knows how to do well is fly. And then we never see the nephew again. Yeah. Or, I, the family. or the family. I, I was going to say, if you look at the IMDb, the two brothers and the dad look like they're related. None of them look like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> That's true. Because no, <laughs> no one could look like Ryan Reynolds, really. That's also true. It, it, it looked like when they were casting the brothers and the father, they're like, all right, we kind of need to make this look like a family. Well, who's their brother? That's Ryan Reynolds. Well, these guys look nothing like Ryan. Do they happen to look like anybody else that could have been up for this role? <sighs> like, were they cast first? <laughs> that would be funny if they were cast first. Um, Do they look yeah, like... I can't. Maybe Paul- James Marsden? Colin Farrell. Maybe a little James Marston, but... Yeah, James Marston um, doesn't get the girl, so that's that would, would have been uh, silly. Yeah, no, yeah. He would lose out to uh, Hector. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be the only, like, handsome guy losing out to the nerd. In that version, the James Marston version, Hector would be played by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Worthington... God damn it! Sam Worthington and Chris Pine were considered for the role of Al Jordan. Do either of those guys look like Sam Worthington or Chris Pine? Ooh, this was also around the time when Sam Worthington was trying to be a thing. Uh, thank God he wasn't. Oh yeah. People quickly realized he's not a thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Also, you guys Bradley Cooper, Justin Timberlake, and Jared Leto also screen tested for the role. Oof. Man, as much as I don't I like Ryan Reynolds, like... I'm kind of glad he got it. Yeah. This is far better than almost maybe I can see Bradley maybe, Cooper. Yeah, maybe Bradley Cooper. I don't I don't dislike Bradley Cooper. Brian Austin no. Green campaigned actively to get the role. <laughs> Come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like show some respect. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are a lot closer to Sam Worthington. Yeah. <laughs> they are Ryan Reynolds. Like what's Brian Austin Green doing, man? 2011, man. Just know your role. Just you know, fuck, fuck <laughs> Megan Fox on the daily in 2011. Yeah. That's what you. That's what you. That's what you do, Brian. That's your superhero power. Yeah. <laughs> Go to nine or two Also, what like, what child watches news about air fight? Like, why is there news about an air <laughs> fight? Right? Like, <laughs> like if it's so specific. Like, why is this like news playing? That apparently they're the family didn't have to look to find, right? It's like the local yeah, the evening like, news. Yeah, there's no way the military would allow that no. to be leaked to the press. It's like that's that's why they did it in the middle of the desert. It's like so so like, there's no reason to report on it. Right. I, I get is it one of those things where if the military crashes a plane, they like legally have to tell the uh press i don't i don't know i feel like i never hear about things that happen i feel like it happens at least it, it has to happen right sure in flight tests again how much do we know about it and why do they Especially... have to why do they got to bring up his dad in that report too <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and great timing that he walks in yeah. at that exact moment yeah oh, just how jordan's dad died doing the exact same thing what the fuck <laughs> Like, man, just twist the knife. It's, again, just fate, really. 
putting the screws to Hal Jordan here. <laughs> As Hal gets ready to leave the party, he gets absorbed into the Emerald and then is transported all the way to the beach where Abin Sur's ship landed. Hal sees Abin Sur and tries to help him, but it's too late. Abin Sur dies just after he gives Hal the ring and a lantern and tells him to speak the oath. Hal then calls Tom, the company tech guy played by Taika, and tells him to meet him at the beach. When Tom shows up, Hal tells him what happened, and then some government vehicles show up, and Tom and Hal have to run with the lantern and the ring. Meanwhile, Sinestro goes to talk to the Guardians and tell, tell them that the lanterns are under attack and it might be Parallax. He asks them to allow him to form a team to find the threat and destroy it, and they agree. Meanwhile, Dr. Hector Hammond gets visited by government agents and told to come with them. He's played by Peter Sarsgaard. They bring Dr. Hammond to a government facility, and he meets with Amanda Waller, played by Angela Bassett. She brings him in and shows him the alien light form Abin Sur, and she tells him that they want him to do the analysis on the alien. So Hal brings the lantern and ring home, and he tries to figure out how to use them. And this is intercut with the autopsy of Abin Sur, which seriously undercuts both scenes. Eventually, he accidentally turns on the lantern and beams the oath into his head, and he speaks it. Meanwhile, Dr. Hammond gets zapped by some yellow power, and he gives his findings to Waller. Then, at that moment, Carol knocks on Hal's door, and she wants to come in to talk. But he tells her it'd be better if they go out to a bar and get a drink. At the bar, they talk about yeah, their this rela- was prime drink lively. Oh yeah, she's looking good in this movie. The bru- yeah. the the brunette hair is working too. Yep. Uh, they talk about the relationship. He apologizes for screwing up, and they eventually get to a point of slow dancing, and they get really close. But then she says she analyzed the flight data, and there was nothing wrong with the plane, so there must have been something wrong with Hal. So he leaves in a huff. And then it's attacked by a bunch of guys in the parking lot because they lost their jobs at Ferris because of his stunt. After they gave him a good beating, they go to leave, but he calls back to them, and then he takes a swing at them, causing the ring to create a fist that knocks them all out. And Hal gets beamed up by the ring into outer space and is taken to Oa. Meanwhile, Dr. Hammond is having some adverse effects of the yellow powder. Power. Then Hal is under some sort of treatment on Oa where he keeps getting shocked and then he wakes up with his form-fitting Green Lantern suit and domino mask and it looks fucking terrible. Even for 2011, <laughs> it looks like shit. It was supposed to be such a reveal and it wasn't. Yeah. Oh god, they, yeah, they really thought they had something there. Oh my god. It's... I, I had written down, when he's being tested, they have, they have like painted on underwear. Mm-hmm. Show us Ryan Reynolds dong, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would make this movie interesting. Um, It'll, it would do something for the movie, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, this it's such a choice to give him a, a CGI suit, and it's the wrong one. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not the, I don't yeah, think about it. Just, it's the wrong... You made a choice, and it wasn't the right one. I even remember like in the when the first trailer came out, everyone was like, man, I hope they're still working on that suit. <laughs> <laughs> As... Yeah, they should have. They should have done the sonic treatment on it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they can't go back and shoot it with him wearing another suit, an actual suit on. It, it's weird. I mean, other superhero movies had come out with practical suits at that point. I mean, Iron Man had come out. Obviously, that was the majority of it was CGI, but they had built actual suits. You're gonna tell me you can't build just a regular Green Lantern suit? Yeah, I think. The Green Lantern uniform is portrayed in computer-generated imagery. This was a creative move by the filmmakers who wanted the uniform not to be a real cloth outfit, but an energy construct generated by the lantern power ring. Notably, the comics originally started with Hal Jordan having an actual uniform, but later this was amended. So it's a choice. It's They 
made a conscious decision to do so. And it looks like shit. Yeah, it doesn't pan out. No, like, I don't I don't know. You got to you got to put all your money into making that suit. Really what it comes down to. It's like you can't cheap out on it and it looks fucking cheap. Yeah, yeah. You, it's the Green Lantern suit. It, it makes your hero. Mm-hmm. That's how we know who who he is. Um, let's read another thing about trivia. Ryan Reynolds and Martin Campbell clashed repeatedly on set. Campbell has stated in interviews that his first and only choice for the lead was Bradley Cooper. However, the studio was not willing to make an offer to him and ultimately cast Ryan Reynolds behind Campbell's back. This led to an uncomfortable experience on set for Reynolds, who performance was constantly critiqued by Campbell, who made him do many takes. Reynolds has stated in an interview with the Variety that the film's failure was a huge relief as he had such an unpleasant experience and dreaded doing it again. There you go. Ringing endorsement. <laughs> oh, I hope he shows up in uh, Zack Snyder's next movie. Restore the Snyder oh, cut. I, I think he's pretty much done with that character. <laughs> like, again, he, he in his one movie, he literally shows the character shooting Ryan Reynolds in the head. <laughs> but I'm, I feel like it's a not-so-subtle way of telling the audience, I hated this movie. <laughs> yeah, with... No, should, we Snyder the, fans. should we release the Campbell cut with uh, Bradley Cooper? No, the, the Campbell cut is just him degrading Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, every sucked Ryan. Do it again. Is it is it just is it just the sadder version of the uh, uh, David O. Russell uh, Lily Tomlin? <laughs> it's probably yeah. just like after every take, he's just like really passive aggressive about it. It's just like, all ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, all right, Blake, you were great. Uh, Peter, fantastic work. Uh, all right, guys, uh, what about me? Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, I mean, he is British, so he's probably trying to be like super passive aggressive. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he was definitely passive aggressive. Uh, Ryan, that was hilarious. Just uh, all right, <laughs> let's do it again. God, yeah, I, I can't imagine. So obviously, we've all worked with people that we don't see eye to eye on, but I can't imagine the the level of discomfort working on a movie with with the the main person who hates you. Yeah, yeah. And you just you have to be professional about it. Yep. I mean, then you might not get hired again. Yeah, I guess you could walk off, but yeah, you're definitely burning a bridge if you do that. He then meets Tomar Ray, a fish-looking alien lantern. Tomar Ray gives him a brief rundown of Oa and the Lanterns and the Guardians, and then they go flying off at the Citadel and shows off the battery of Oa that runs on the will of all living creatures in the universe. And then they go to meet up with all the other Lanterns, and they get briefed by Sinestro. He tells them all about Parallax and the threat he poses to the universe. Then they bring Tomar Ray, tries to train Hal on the ring, and he meets Kilowog, who helps him train as well. Played with Michael Clark Duncan, rest in peace. And then Sinestro shows up and shits all over Hal for being a lowly human and tells Hal that the ring made a mistake. And Hal says, he's right, I'm leaving. And then goes home. Do you think Campbell and Mark Strong got together and rewrote any of that dialogue during that scene? <laughs> maybe. Just really lay into him. Maybe Ryan Reynolds was like, maybe. Just, yeah. <laughs> Just really lay into him. Yeah. Call him a piece of shit. I'll cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> like that that's our hero, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you're right. I suck. I'm leaving. Yep. I give up way too easily. <laughs> Typical Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, just I I get that's his arc, right? He he gives up on things. Why would that be our hero? 
Is that his arc? I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I think Blake Lively says, like, you, you quit at everything. So why on earth would we want to follow this person? It's his redemption. He's overcoming his fear. Yes. But that's not fear-based, is it? Just giving up? I guess so it's, it's a lot of failure. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dr. Hammond teaches a class, and he starts realizing that he now has the power of telekinesis, thanks to the yellow power. Then he gets summoned to go- Governor or Senator Hammond's office. And he's actually his dad who pulled strings to get the contract on this alien project. But he uses his new powers to read his dad's thoughts and he basically has no faith in his son. He just thinks he's a fucking screw up, which he is. Um, His dad's right, basically. (laughs) Although he is like a college professor, so maybe not. Yeah, I I think that's a a solid, uh, a solid career path, really. Yeah. I think the biggest problem in Hector's life is that he's still holding on to what's left of his hair. Oh, big time. Yeah. As a fellow bald man, nothing more liberating than just getting rid of it. Just the sh- the full shave, right? Yeah. It, it, it really does wonders for your self-esteem. Yeah. I'll tell you. He's got, he needs like a better, better facial hair. Uh, maybe like a full yeah. beard instead of like the little wispy mustache and like the chin. Uh, he just has too big of a goddamn forehead. Yeah, he's just got to let it go. You, just shave it all off, grow right. a beard, and then he might be fucking Blake Lively or, you know, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, or, or, you know, sure your dad could hook something up. Yeah. The senator. Yeah. Like you don't need to. Not it. You could settle for a seven. It's fine. Perfectly fine. Yeah. Don't need to be pining As for a all. college professor. Yeah. I mean, adult women that aren't your well, students. Well, I'm just—I wasn't <laughs> saying that. I just mean a college professor. You're probably not pulling in the best. I'll say, but I'm sure you could get it. Get the hookup. Yeah. Imagine that, though. You—you t- you tell your dad, listen, don't—I don't need the hookup to see aliens. <laughs> get me, get me some like. Get me some women, please. Get me something. Well, you don't want to see. You don't want to see a once in a lifetime discovery. No, I, I'd rather see something better than that. Give <laughs> me Blake Lively. It's like I'm just trying to get laid, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to see. I don't want to see aliens. I don't care about that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah pull some strings. I mean, he's a senator. Come on. Yeah. Uh... Sinestro and team try to stop Parallax, but all the other lanterns are destroyed. So Sinestro goes back to tell the Guardians that he believes Parallax is headed to Oa. Guardians tell Sinestro that Parallax was once a Guardian that tried to harness the power of fear, but was consumed by it and then turned into what they now know as Parallax. So Sinestro says that in order to fight Parallax, they need to harness the energy of fear to put it into a ring. At a party... Uh, the new contract is awarded to Ferris, and basically everyone is there, including the governor or senator, Dr. Hammond Carol Hal. After a brief presentation from the senator, where he more or less throws shade at his own son, goes to leave via a helicopter, but then Hector uses his powers to shoot a beer tap into the propeller of the helicopter, and the copter starts careening into the crowd. John Landis would never. (laughs) (laughs) With dream. Like, oh fuck! Is is was Ben Landis? Is Ben Landis uh, in the fetal position during this? Max. Or Max Landis? Max. Uh, and then Hal uses his powers to turn into Green Lantern and materialize a pair of wheels and a racetrack out of thin air, which then is able to land the helicopter safely. Which there probably could have been a thousand other things that would have just been 
a lot easier because that helicopter is still going all over the place. Like just like I, I had go ahead. I'm sorry. Just like have it like just like a giant airbag for you to land on. You know, right? Because the problem is he comes in to rescue people. The helicopter is already crash landed through the party. Yeah, <laughs> people are running for their lives. He's like, oh well, let's just put it on wheels too. That'll help. That's right. that's a, that's why this is dangerous. If this thing doesn't have wheels on it, <laughs> don't, don't thank me now, people. <laughs> yeah. uh, just made it more mobile. Yeah, like right. he's not super heroic, to be honest with you. Well, because he's not smart. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> just remembered. Oh, my nephew had this in his in his bedroom. Perfect. Yeah, can't he just like? And materialize a giant hands to just grab it and stop it. Yeah, yeah, something so- like you said, like a giant pillow. Yeah, like I, that's just the whole thing. It's just like all his ideas on how to use it are too complicated. Right. Even when he he rescues uh, Amanda Waller, drops her into water. Yeah, it's like giant pillow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything he does could just be solved by using a giant pillow. A ball pit for sure. <laughs> a bean bag. <laughs> He also manages to save Carol as she almost gets crushed by some structure. He then flies away as the crowd looks on. Then Hector goes home and starts to have negative effects of the yellow power. His head starts to grow. The next day, Tom goes to Hal's apartment and tells him to explain what the hell happened. And then Hal shows off his powers. And then Hal goes to check in on Carol as Green Lantern. And she recognizes him immediately. And he explains to her what happened and the powers he has. And then she tells him good night or something and there's some sort of drama that i completely did not care about does does this mean that carol has a better power of deduction than lois lane yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. i don't know what that says about lois lane's reporting prowess yeah i think they kind of they make jokes about lois she's just very tenacious not necessarily a great reporter <laughs> I, I think at one point she's like she wins a pulitzer so may, i don't know but <laughs> she's not if she can't tell well, a lot of people can't tell, I guess, right? That's yeah. the whole thing. That's, yeah. It's like she's not the only one. Yeah, they are yeah. all idiots. Everyone in Metropolis is just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Clark's right over there. He takes his glasses. Where'd Clark go? <laughs> Never where you need him. It, it's it's funny. Have, have you guys ever seen the movie Mystery Men? Uh, it's been a while, a but time yeah. Ago. yeah. Yeah, so Greg Kinnear is like that version of Superman, that, that movie's version of Superman. Mm-hmm. William H. Macy, they're they're talking about it. like no, like he wears glasses. He can't possibly be the superhero. Like he turns, he takes off the glasses. Well that makes no sense. <laughs> it's a nice it's a nice little poke. Uh meanwhile, Hector, now huge headed, is brought to see his dad by Amanda Waller. They tell Hector that they found a second alien life form in the alien body and that he's been exposed to it and they need to fix it. So as they're about to put him under, Hector uses his telekinesis to attack them. He tosses Amanda Waller into a glass window and then grabs his dad and puts him into the restraints that he was in. And it turns all the guards' tasers on themselves. And then Hal shows up. Is this... Is this? Can we think of any other point in time where a character has been introduced in a movie um, and then is reintroduced years later in a completely different capacity, like in the superhero realm? I... It, there's got to be something in the Schumacher Batman's, right? You know. What do you mean? I mean, Two like, Two Face. No, Amanda Waller. Yeah, I mean. Oh okay. yeah. Billy D. Williams yeah. plays Two Face, or he plays. Uh, why am I blanking on Two Face's real name? Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent I, plays Harvey Dent in that, and then obviously he is Thomas Jane. No, not Thomas Jane. Yeah. Aaron Eckhart. 
and Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah. Same person. Yeah. But. Same person. Yep. I've never <laughs> seen them in the same place. <laughs> that was the first thing when I saw when I saw Amanda Waller in this. I'm like, did is she in the green? Like, it's had so many questions pop up that don't need to be answered on this podcast, but. It was just like, why is she here? Like, you know, their first attempt to uh, universe build. Yeah, I, I do think that's what they were kind of going for. Yeah. Okay. And then this movie shit the bed. I mean, I, you got you got to think about it. like they they're coming up. I mean, Nolan still has his Batman going until the next year, uh, and they they must be in the pre production stages of Man of Steel at this point, right? So they they think when something's gonna happen. 2013 2013 okay yeah so they got to be thinking that something uh, there's this is probably at the beginning of them saying well marvel's doing it why can't we right 2011 is also probably the same year that um captain america comes out right because i think 2012 was avengers right captain america so yeah so captain america and thor i think came out in same this same year right um you already had yeah, two, that makes more sense you've already had two iron man movies so yeah, this is DC looking over the fence and being like, "Uh oh, getting left behind." Yeah, I want a piece of that pie. Yeah, I've got to have this asshole hack Christopher Nolan just finish with his uh, his Batman movie, so we could finally get out from under his quote unquote genius. So we could bring in Zack Snyder. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> loved Watchmen, right? That's all. Yeah. Hal shows up, he saves Waller from falling and helps the senator out of the restraints, and then Hal and Hector fight back and forth. Eventually, Hector gets the upper hand and uses his powers to burn his dad alive. And Tim Robbins is terrible in this scene, all over. Just wait. He goes way too big every time, especially when he tries to run away at, at the first part, where he gets like sucked up by his son's telekinesis and put in the restraints. It's way too big. Oh, God. Yeah. He thinks he's in a Sam Raimi spider-man movie i feel like it would play in those movies but not here so how i was happy to see him go though yeah hal uses the ring against hector's head and parallax recognizes the power and speaks to hal telepathically saying that he will suffer the same fate as Ivan sir a lantern that imprisoned parallax and then back at his apartment hal meets up with carol and tom and he tells them about parallax and what happened with hector and says the ring made a mistake because he is afraid Carol tells him that the ring chose him not because he has no fear, but because he has the courage to overcome that fear. Back on Oa, the Guardians have finished forging the Yellow Lantern Ring. Sinestro plans to learn to harness the power, but they are willing to give up Earth to Parallax in order to give them time. But Hal shows up, begging for their help to save Earth. But the Guardians and Sinestro don't exactly tell him that they will, but they tell him good luck all the same. So he goes back to the Earth and goes to Ferris Industries. <laughs> And find Hector worse for the wear in a wheelchair. And at some point off screen, he has captured Carol. And she is now unconscious, suspended in the air with a syringe of yellow power at the neck. Al tells him that he'll give him the ring if Hector promises to let Carol grow, go. So he hands over the ring and Hector pull, puts it on and tries it out, shooting some green energy blasts around. And then when Hal asks him to let Carol go, he said he lied and shoots green energy blasts at Hal, which stops before it hits him. And Hal said that he lied too, that you have to be chosen to use the ring, and then shoots the green energy ball back at Hector. So Hector goes flying, and Carol falls, but Hal catches her. Then Parallax shows up out of nowhere, disappointed in Hector, so Parallax sucks the soul out of his body. And Hal goes to try and fetch the ring off Hector's body, but Parallax puts him in and pulls him in and tries to take his soul too. But Carol goes over to a computer and shoots missiles from the fighter jets into Parallax, causing him to drop Hal. 
She then tosses the ring to Hal, who puts it on, and he flies himself and Carol out of the hangar as Parallax destroys it, which is another part where it just seems like we've we lost like a good chunk of a, of a scene right there. Then Parallax starts to grow and looms over the city as they try to evacuate. Is this where we should have seen the nephew again? Uh, it, anywhere would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, like when that school bus emptied, I almost thought that we were going to see him there. Sure. Or like he could be seeing it on that news station that always seems to be tuned into yeah. Hal Jordan news. <laughs> hey guys, so uh, update on Hal Jordan. Uh, he seems to be fighting some yellow cloud with, that seems to be eating people. Back to yellow you. dreads. Yeah. It like all of a sudden just parallax is on earth, right? We never see the approach. Right. He just like Hal goes to Oa to talk to them and asks for help, comes back, boom, parallax is there. Yeah, there's this there's one brief entity. scene. I yeah, I don't know if it happens right before that or in there or way before. You just see parallax floating in space, but I don't know if that was like again, something that was cut. Right. That was like revealing that it was Earth or something. Right. In Independence Day, you see the spaceship show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very. That's what I'm saying. It's, like, you, it's important to the whole to the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah you they, see they him just floating, don't show up. Floating towards something in space, and then it cuts, but it doesn't show you what he's floating towards. Yeah. I hated Parallax design in this movie. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Is it comic accurate? I mean, like, what's parallax? It, it is. It parallax in the comics is just pure yellow, mm. and it, he has tendrils and all that. In this, he just he kind of looked like actual ship, mm-hmm. like a giant blowing mound of ship, and with, with like baby's head <laughs> of some sort. Yeah, it was really weird. It was a, it, again another choice that didn't pan out. Yeah. Then after they recompose themselves, Hal says goodbye to Carol and he heads back to the city. Parallax starts taking all the souls of the people as it absorbs the city itself. Hal manages to save one woman, though, so that's good. And he uses his powers to make a catapult, a machine gun, as well as a shield. Then Parallax advances on Hal, who uses his power as a barrier between him and Parallax, while Parallax tries to psych him out by just telling him that he's a piece of shit. Then Hal recites the creed and manages to push Parallax away, and then he uses the powers to get past Parallax and get into space. Parallax then chases Hal through space, including through an asteroid belt. Then Hal gets the idea to get Parallax close to the sun. So then using green energy jet fighters to hold him from falling into the sun, Hal punches Parallax into the sun, and he saves the day. Yeah, so this was the scene that was the callback to the training. Like, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, the, uh, the big giant guy um it, yeah makes a sun appear that starts sucking out towards it and says you know the what this be like Chekhov's gun or the mm-hmm. MacGuffin or something he says the line you know the bigger it is the more they burn yeah or something like that yeah the and faster that, they burn the faster they burn yeah and then it comes back to that's how they kill the big bad yep pretty much stupid <laughs> <sighs> and then they win and then the other lanterns show up to bring Hal to safety as he passes out from the energy exhausted. And we cut to back on Oa. Sinestro leads. That made con- me laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that made me laugh. Uh, he beats Sinestro, and then the lanterns show up. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we were just kind of watching. Uh, we knew you had it, so all, we didn't want to get in the way. All 3,600 other lanterns were just like, eh, he's probably got it. Imagine that, like any guy, like any other, like 
superhero team. They're just like, eh, you probably this is the the greatest threat to the universe currently. Right. Probably he probably has it. Yeah, that that's so Thanos is attacking Earth. Yeah. The Avengers send uh let's say uh let's say Kate Bishop. Yeah. The the new Hawkeye. <laughs> She's got it. Yep. It'll be fine. Yeah, and I, the only this is the only scene that I can see that you could change and slightly make something a little bit better. If if Sinestro does not show up here and it's just the other ones that he met saved him, uh, you could justify the mid credit scene mm-hmm. because maybe he's back doing the ring thing while this is going on, and that's you know that's his evil turn. Yeah, but him being here and then doing that whole speech at the end completely nullifies that big credit. The, the 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 thing that should have been was that Sinestro doesn't believe in Hal at all, and you yeah. know Hal gives that speech. We're only human, and Sinestro basically just tells him, "Well, you know, yeah, you're on your own. Uh, you're I don't really care about you." And because at, at that point he calls him a Green Lantern. He's like, "Good luck, Green Lantern." So that that's showing there's a respect yeah. there now. Why is he gonna turn? And living embodiment of fear is destroyed now. There is no such thing as fear anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 am I crazy? Yeah. Now there's literally... The whole point of Parallax, he wants to get rid of, of, of willpower. So he's going to destroy the battery of willpower. <laughs> she just headed straight for Oa. Right. Yeah. Why is he taking all these pit stops? Because <laughs> he have to like absorb fear to create to make himself more powerful, maybe? I mean, the, the way the Guardians acted, he would, could have taken them, it seemed like, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's all stupid. Like, it is very stupid. Sinestro is barely a factor in this movie. He's like the HR department for the Lanterns. <laughs> he just Every scene he's in, he's just talking to the Guardians. It's like, oh, the employees, they're unhappy. Maybe a pizza party at the end of the week will, ha- will work. <laughs> It's funny because it's true. That's that's <laughs> yeah. what that's what really happens in uh, the the corporate sector. Uh, yeah, yeah you're right. He he in the comics, he and Hal are good friends, and th- there's nothing to indicate that. I mean, th- there's the mutual respect at the end. I I never understood. You know, new guy comes in. He's there to help. Let's give him shit right away. Yeah. Oh, that'll help, right? We're we're an ancient intergalactic peace corps. We haze our new members. <laughs> Just making an impossible situation even worse. <laughs> right. Like, and and they even mention how it's a human and he's new. So let you know, maybe give him a little slack. <laughs> nope. Yeah. They they either needed to go one of two ways with Sinestro and they did neither. Was either make him fully behind Hal the whole time, you know, or make him against him the entire time. Or they should have revealed that the reason why he was so hard on him is that he was having a relation. He was in a relationship with Abin Sir, yeah. and he's yeah, and he's hurting good. more than he than he lets on. He's lost right. his lover. I, yes, I, I, they they say that they were close friends. It's it's not really shown. You know, like okay, yeah, you lose a close friend. Yeah, that that stinks, obviously. But you're gonna really give the new guy shit for that? It's 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 the ring's fault. It's not Hal Jordan's fault. Yeah, it's it, it's established that the ring chooses. The wearer, not the other way around. Yeah. 
So back on Oa, Sinestro leads a congratulations to Hal, telling him that his brash, volatile nature was something that Abensur must have seen in himself. On Earth, Hal tells Carol that he'll have to be away for a while, but it doesn't mean that he's gone. And they kiss, and then he leaves. And then we get a mid credit sequence of Sinestro putting on the yellow ring of fear. And he gets a whole new uniform out of it. And that's the end of Green Lantern. <sighs> yeah. Is that bad, huh? <laughs> it was tough. It was tough to watch. Um, it was just boring. Like, a lot of these movies are just boring. Like, these kind of, yeah. like, sci-fi movies where half of it you have to buy into a, this world building that they've either given enough time to or not enough time to or too much time to. It's, this felt very much like uh, Jupiter Ascending to me in terms of the overall feeling I had when I finished watching it. <laughs> it yeah, it, it, the, the pacing is not... It, the, the pacing is very slow. Uh, the editing is disjointed. The graphics are really poor. They're lacking, I'll say. No character building. Uh, lackluster enemy. An overall failure. Yeah, it's just not... <sighs> Yeah, I just there's not anything that is given enough time that is interesting, and there's yeah, it just feels not even a likable hero yeah. to be honest. Yeah, this this it's just not good. That's really what it comes down to. It's like we don't get enough of his arc to be very interesting. the the main The villain that we're with most of the time gets dispatched by a cloud monster. Right. I wish they would have gotten rid of Hector. He's not really needed. I feel like that's prob that probably would help if if you lose Hector, then you have more time to build the Hal character. Yes, right. You can even give us more scenes with Hal and his father. He only shares one scene. Yeah, that's not enough time to. Maybe his dad was a complete dickhead the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. We don't know, but it was just that one scene where he says, "Hey, hold my jacket, son." Oh man, he must have been such a loving father. Show us more. Show us more. Like, maybe he takes them on a flight in the plane, right? And they they share that bond. And that was something that, that's why Hal loves to fly. Because they had that, that scene where they bond flying the, the plane together. Uh, like, again, comic accurate, yes, the, the, the father does die in an airplane crash. But, and like, it, it really does, it doesn't give us enough explanation about why Hal cared that much, I guess. I, I need to see more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I got nothing. What about you, Mark? Any last words? No, it's just uh, it's just amazing how far we've come with these movies. Um, yes. You know, in, in terms of just look and understanding what makes, um, you know, a good superhero movie. Um, despite what you feel about DC or Marvel, you know, this was this this was a this was a bad one early on, and um, it just shows that um, you can't just throw anything at the screen and people will like it. Mm -hmm. So that's it. All right. You guys want to plug your shit? Uh, at the Aquino122. That's my Twitter account. Uh, you could also follow Stranger Damies, our real play D&D podcast. Uh, you get all the info on there, new episodes, uh, anything else that we're, we happen to be doing. And hopefully in the, the next year, we'll, we'll think of some new stuff to do. Yeah, just check us out there for new episodes. Interact with us. And, uh, Mark, what, what else? Yeah, so uh, Stranger Damies uh, airs every other Wednesday. Um, so check us out wherever you get podcasts. Dan already mentioned the socials. Um, and then we have the Game Ball Pod, which is our gaming podcast. Airs um, every other Monday. We'll have an episode coming up this Monday for you. 
Um, and then uh, we stream, uh, as for now, three days a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, each of them have their own themes. Monday is uh, Retro uh, Games with Tom, where Tom plays games. And I just sit there either helping him through a, uh, uh, a guide or um, uh, sort of poking the bear a little bit um, while he's playing some retro games. So fun to have. Yeah, fun will be had either way. Um, Wednesdays is our, our multiplayer where all three of us are on stream and uh, we're playing first person shooters at the moment. Um, I think we'll be back um, on Halo for a little bit. Um, and then Thursdays is my co-op streams. With um, Currently right now I'm playing through uh, It Takes Two uh, with the uh, wonderful Jen, uh, known as Roxy Foxy. Um, and then I should be uh, playing a game with Tom after that. And then we'll see if we just rotate between those three or maybe we pull in a couple other friends of the, of the stream um, to play a couple quick co-op games with. But that's basically what Thursday is. And then we're going to be doing some weekend streams um, as we get into the fall and winter um, so be on the lookout for that. Okay, great. And we are They Called This Movie. You can find us on Spreaker just by searching They Called This Movie and wherever you get your podcast, just look for They Called This Movie and we'll pop right up. We're the themaindaming.com. That is the main website. We are gearing up for 31 Days of Horror coming soon in October. So get ready for that. We'll be having reviews, hopefully, of 31 movies for one movie per day. Um you can find us on all socials just by searching the main Damien. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search the main Damien. We'll pop right up. Also, member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, there's surely a show for you. We are on TikTok. You can check us out. They Call This Movie is on TikTok. Just look for They Call This Movie and we'll pop right up. Have any questions, comments, you want to suggest a movie for us, the main name at gmail.com is our email address. Love to hear from you on there. And if you've got some time, if you want to help us out, if you like the show, give us a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you like. And if you could say a few nice things about our show, that would help us out a great deal. Helps us get seen. I know everybody says it, but it would really help us out. And that's going to wrap us up this week. The director of Green Lantern is Martin Campbell. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Del Vecchio telling Martin Campbell, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?